Today on Her Wild Outdoors, Lee Ross joins me from Ontario. She is one of the event coordinators for Canadian Huntress. Uh, We're going to talk about hunting and fishing in Canada, um, about her favorite things to be involved in, but also her involvement with Canadian Huntress and the awesome opportunity that they are going to be having um, on Wild TV and Canada Hunts. Um, So join me and enjoy the conversation. All right. Thank you for listening in to another Her Wild Outdoors podcast. Today, we have Lee Ross from Ontario um, on, and I'm really excited to get to talk to you, Lee. Me too. Awesome. Okay. So I always start out um, kind of getting a, a handle on who you are um, and your background and your history in the outdoors. Um, I... I purposefully named this podcast Her Wild Outdoors because not everybody hunts. A lot of people love fishing and hiking and all of that. You happen to do all of it. Um, but give us kind of a background on how you got started and um, and where you have been up until now. Um, so I grew up uh, fishing with my uncle and my cousins. Mm-hmm. I did hunt until about three years ago I got my hunting license and started hunting but um I grew up ice fishing uh open water fishing we uh we did all of it my uncle hunted but um usually went out east so we didn't uh didn't hunt with him but um but three years ago I decided to get my hunting license so my my husband grew up hunting Mm -hmm. but uh, I decided to get my license and it uh yeah, I just fell in love with it. It's it's not hard to, that's for sure. No. <laughs> uh, there's a sense of accomplishment with it. I think um, uh, there's a sense of pride. There's a sense – there's a lot of – because I started six years ago, so I'm not that far um, ahead of you. And I think that it's um, – I don't know. There's just that sense of confidence that grows as you hunt and as you, um, as you learn the ins and outs of all of it. I don't know. I, it, the amount that I grow in learning, the amount my confidence grows and the amount my excitement grows, and it just it it's ongoing. It does not stop. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It was very easy to get hooked in for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so ice fishing. So you grew up fishing. I grew up fishing, but it was like ponds and creeks and things like that in Alabama. So we were we were fishing catfish and um um we didn't see a whole lot of trout. Um but it was mainly just sitting around hanging out. It was a family affair, right? Um yeah. It's what we did, but there are a lot of different ways in Canada that you can fish because we don't get the amount of ice that you get <laughs> by any means. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me just a little bit about about that and about how um, some of maybe the lessons that you've you've learned along you know along those fishing trips. Um, I've learned to be patient because I'm not a patient person. (laughs) Um, that was, that was a big lesson. Yeah. Still working on that. Uh Um, 
I think we can always work on that one. <laughs> yeah. Fishing does it good. Oh, yeah. I've gone years without catching a fish and through the ice anyways. Yeah. And uh, it's it's very frustrating. It, it's like my turkey season this year. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> lots of patience, lots of patience, mainly with myself. Um, yeah. And that's a, and I think it's a good lesson to learn, but yeah, fishing has been, it's one of my favorite things to do because I think it slows me down just a little, unless we're on open water, unless we're down at the ocean. And then I feel like you've always got to have your head moving. It's, you always have to be aware. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. So you like trout. You like to fish for trout, right? Um, more so in the winter. I'm just, as a kid, I trout fished uh, in open water, but I'm just trying to get better at it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught my first uh, speckled trout last night, in, oh. well, probably ever. Um, and yeah, so I'm trying to, I mostly bass fish okay, uh, yeah. in the summer, but I'm trying to. Um, catch more species yeah we yeah trout is fun to to catch though that is what i've heard i've heard that and speckled trout rainbow trout like we've got we've got a couple different species of trout here in tennessee and um we everybody who posts pictures of it they're just they're beautiful fish but i've heard that they are so much fun to fish for yeah, they are. Yeah. That makes a difference. That it's kind of yeah. like I I got a huge bass last year in a pond um where we go over Labor Day and it was a fight because it was a big he was big. Everybody that usually stays there, uh great uncles and things they were amazed that that bass was still I guess alive in that pond and had not been caught yet. But um it's the fight of it that's fun. It's the anticipation and the, I don't, there is just fun. I love fishing. Um, we're going in a week and a half for striper. Um, oh, nice. Which are big fish. <laughs> and so that will be, um, that will take me back to, we fished in the Gulf years and years ago. And all I caught were, um, oh, what were they? Everybody around me just called them bloodfish. It was pretty much bait. I caught the bait for everybody else. That's <laughs> everything that hooked on to my line. It was Bonita, the bloodiest fish ever. Okay. And it was what we were using for bait. So I was like, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm catching everybody's bait. Um, I did, and not once on that whole trip did I catch anything worthwhile. It was just the bait. Um, it sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely walk away laughing at yourself a lot, um, with fishing. So, um, it's a great way to humble yourself for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then you got into hunting. Um, I did. Yep. Yeah. What is your favorite hunt? It's a big know. question. Um, it's a big question. I don't know. So this last fall, I went, um, <clears throat> I went bow hunting with some friends, including uh, Dana from Canadian Huntress, yeah. who 
uh, will be on the show. And um, it, I had never bow hunted before. I had a bow, but when I bought it, I had no intentions of hunting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, and it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. We, I saw a buck come up to me, and I drew my bow back. And I stood there for about five minutes because all of a sudden I couldn't see his antlers. Oh. And I waited and waited and waited, and my arm started to hurt. At full and draw. <laughs> I couldn't take the shot. Yeah. 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 I couldn't take the shot. I thought, you know, I'm not risking it. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a doe tag. Well, the owner of the property had a doe tag, but I didn't want to. Nope. I didn't want to use her tag. So. Right. Um, and it, it just, that's all I could think about. <laughs> so long after that how close I came it uh but it there are a lot of circumstances when you're by yourself it's like man I could have because did it turn out to be a buck like did y'all find out that it was one I'm pretty sure the woman who owned the property shot it uh during muzzleloader a couple weeks later okay I had seen a buck for sure but where where it was standing I I wouldn't have been able to make a clean shot, so I didn't even try. Yeah. But um, I'm positive I saw the antlers when it walked up to me, and and then I couldn't. So, I mean, it was probably they were blending in with the tree or whatever, but I wasn't wasn't going to risk it. And no. Uh-uh. You never want to risk those things. Those are – No. Uh-uh. It's it, – I like to play by those rules. I like to – I would never want anything to come back to me. You know what I mean? As a yeah. – um, just because I got antsy and trigger happy. Um, and again, that patience kind of comes through of, okay, I would rather not take the shot than fudge this up. Um, and that is for sure the right decision to make. But isn't it amazing? Okay, so I've never hunted. We hunt deer like crazy down here. Um, I have never harvested a deer with a rifle. Um, it has only been with bows. And I love it because of how close you get to be to those animals. Um, I feel like you learn more about them getting closer because you can't take a hundred yard shot. Well, I can't. I can't take a hundred yard shot <laughs> on a deer and it be um, an ethical shot. Uh there's just no way. I, I do not have the poundage right now to be able to do that. Some people do, and it's great. And, I don't know if I could either. And great for them, right? That's awesome. I can't do that. I am probably in between 20 and 30 yards right now. But I get to be within 30 yards of an animal um, that I'm hunting and watch them and wait for them and patiently wait for them. And it's so cool. I, that's my favorite part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, for sure. Sitting there and you hear it slowly creeping up. To yes. You. Yes. Yes. We, um, I'm not against rifle hunting. I've, I have been rifle hunting for deer. I, we just, I didn't have a deer come up at the time. Um, but where we hunt on the, the public land here, um, it's muzzleloader or um, or bow. And I I don't know. I've just always had a bow. So um, 
It's fun. It's my best. It's it is my favorite part of the year. Although this year, and I know that you like you've been goose hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This year was my first year to goose hunt. And I really enjoyed it. I like using a shotgun and we were on a um, conservation hunt for snow geese. And it was a blast. It goes from, I went from solo hunting for deer only to all of a sudden I'm with a group of people and we're hanging out. And then every once in a while the geese come in and we get to shoot geese. And that's so much fun to me too. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't know. Did you go with, is that something that you guys did on your own or was that with um, Canadian Hutchress? The goose hunting? Yeah. Um, it's actually a funny story. We were moose hunting and there were geese in a pond where we had met up after uh, going to sit in the bush. Mm-hmm. And my husband's uncle said, there's some geese in the pond. Does anybody want to shoot them? And I happened to have a shotgun in the back of the truck. So I grabbed it. <laughs> He got them into the air, and I got the geese. So um, I've been out on my own a couple times and, and never gotten anything. But, uh, um, yeah, Canadian Hunters does some um, uh, group goose hunts, but I haven't been on yeah. on any of them yet. It, uh, it The group hunting part is a whole lot of fun. Going with people is a whole lot of fun, and I haven't had a whole lot of experience with that. It's um, – uh, I've really enjoyed duck hunting and goose hunting this year just because of the social aspect of it, um, truly. Yeah. It's just a different type of hunting, and I love it. And they're pretty good. I mean, I we heard over and over and over, oh, no, that's trash. It, you're not going to want to eat it. Dude, I love it. I love eating it. I know. <laughs> I was surprised. I was thinking duck and goose would be the same. Um, kind of a greasy, yeah. And duck, I'll eat duck, but it is not my favorite. Um, and so I was a little hesitant, but we eat what we shoot. And so, um, I started looking Mm -hmm. at the meat and I go, this is a lot more like venison than, um, than duck. It was interesting. It was very interesting, but good. We eat a lot of it. We brought Mm -hmm. home. 49 geese that day um, because oh, wow. the people we went with didn't want to take it home. And so we said, we'll take it all. <laughs> I think we got home at midnight and got yeah. kids in bed <laughs> and we were breasting out geese <laughs> for the rest of the night. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Those, those trips are – there are things that I have learned along the way of solo hunts and group hunts and hunting with women and hunting with men that um, each aspect of it, I learned something different from. And I think that that's the best part about getting groups together and and um, teaching and mentoring and bringing other women into it is, um, is that learning, I don't know, all the different possibilities of learning. And I just, I enjoy it a lot. So, um, yeah. And how did you get uh, involved with Canadian Huntress? Um, so it was probably June or July last year. I I guess they liked one of my posts 
and I've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started following them, and then I went to the website and saw the brand ambassador page. So I applied, got accepted, and it just kind of went from there. So, yeah. Um, I, love- I can't even believe it's been less than a year, but... <laughs> It's um, it's something you see these groups popping up and it's not just in Canada, it's in the United States, all these different groups popping up of um, women mentoring women and mm-hmm. um, and not just mentoring, but being there to be a part of the encouraging and the supporting and and all of that. And you hear you hear a little bit of, well, why do you have to have an all women's? Well, why do you have to have an all men's? It's just fun. It's just mm-hmm. a, yeah. a way to hang out with the same sex and learn and grow and encourage each other. And um, and I'm like, I would tell my husband if we were in that situation, which we we don't really have that right here right now. But I'd say, you know, you need some guy time. You need to go hang out with the guys. Y'all go on a hunting trip for the weekend. Go hang out guys and uh and have fun and that's exactly what I would want to do as well I don't I have a lot of fun with um hunting with men but it's nice to kind of sit back and hang out with the women too yeah uh, so yeah I agree that's exciting um I'm wondering because you just something just came out recently in the past couple of days that's very exciting. And I know we kind of touched on it before we got on air, but um, you guys are, you have a little something exciting that is happening. So tell us a little bit about Wild TV and Canada Hunts. So Canadian Huntress is going to have its own show on Wild TV. It will air starting fall uh sorry spring 2021 mm-hmm. um so there are five of us i believe four of us live here in ontario one in saskatchewan mm-hmm. uh we'll self-film our hunts and um yeah it'll be on tv so um we found out about this beginning of december and it was just announced last week we we're just finally allowed to share it with the world so be in for a little while. Uh huh. That's a long time to hold it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been really hard, but I'm glad to be able to share it with everybody now. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You've got some good. Um, you've got some great actually women who are going to be on the show alongside of you, and um, and I'm excited. I can't wait to see how everything comes together. So um, congratulations. That's that's really something to look forward to. Um, yeah, and we're a group where, I mean, we're not, you see all these women on TV, and I heard I heard the term skinfluencer the other day for the first time. I never no. heard that. Are um, you serious? <laughs> yeah. So we are just five normal women who like to hunt. Um, we don't need to you know dress up and yeah you know put on an act basically yeah so and and a lot of people have commented about how much they love that about this group so yeah that's that's kind of cool i think that we're seeing um 
I want to say that I'm seeing a lot more women in our community um, who are serious about hunting, who really just love it and find joy in it. Um, and But there are still a lot of women out there that um, – and I want to be very careful with how I say this, <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that do show skin to um, to get the likes or to get the comments or yeah. to get the. And so um, you do have to be very careful with that. And it, my husband and I were actually talking about it the other day. We, you know, there's I have actually known of multiple outdoor women in the past few weeks who have had their Instagram accounts hacked. And I was telling Dee about this the other day because um, a couple of people that I know and one group that was hacked recently that I was involved with, um, and it's, it's porn sites. And so it's putting our faces out there and our information and our stories in order to draw people in and get them hooked into a porn site. And I'm like, what wow. in the world? That Because that is what I have worked so hard to not be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. You won't find me. Um, and there's nothing. I don't have anything against because there are tons of fishermen Um women who have their bikinis on and everything, you won't find me in that just because that's not me. That's not my, that's not who I am. Um, Yeah, same with me. And so I think my kids would kill me. I've got a middle schooler and (laughs) she's like, what did you just put all over the internet? I mean, I think she really would kill me. Um, But I've worked really, really hard not to do that. And it would only take one picture to discredit everything that I've worked hard on. Um, and, and I, I just, it's something to be aware of and to be careful of. And I think that that's a trend that I'm starting to see that is very exciting. Um, and I think we can thank social media for that for a little bit because it does, you know, it does show us all of the different aspects of it. So you can find people that you, um, that you can relate to easier Mm -hmm. than, you know, I've, I don't have anybody within a couple miles of me who hunts that's a woman. And so I'm able to reach out and you're in Canada and I'm like, Hey Lee, uh, (laughs) you know, we, we can relate to each other. I might not be hunting bears. Um, and, and that would be awesome. I'd love to get up there and hunt bears, but I haven't gotten that opportunity yet. And that's okay. I hunt whitetail and fish and turkey and all of that. And that's something that we can relate to with each other. And I just, I love that part of, of social media. Yeah, um, for sure. But like you said, it is something that, um, that we have to be careful about. It's, um, is something to be strong in your values um, mm-hmm. and put it out that way. So I'm excited for you guys. That's that's awesome. But I also noticed you have a YouTube page, um, LR Outdoors, and I was looking yep. at some of the videos. Man, the, it is beautiful up there. It is. <laughs> it is very beautiful here. Uh, what is... 
Okay, out of the videos I saw, what is probably your favorite one that's on there? And y'all go look, go go on YouTube, look up LR Outdoors, um, and you can you can see what we're talking about. But what's your favorite video on there? I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, I just I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I. I'm just, I mean, I do have a few videos on there now. Uh Um, I'm just kind of uh, starting out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good in front of the camera, so it's a little (laughs) awkward to watch myself. um, I would much rather be behind the camera. (laughs) I would too, but Mm -hmm. I'm getting used to being in front of camera and my voice and everything. Um. I don't know. I feel like I never have the camera rolling when I need it to be. Oh, isn't that true? You know, I go out there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a video about this. And then all of a sudden it's like, I've been filming all day and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And then I shut it off and that's when all the action is. So it's like, "Mm." it's, uh, and not everybody. I mean, I get kind of laughed at for having a video camera with me at all times, but, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just for fun, but it's for fun, but it is good to go back and be able to look at things and see, you know, what did I do good there? What did I, what could I grow in? Um, I had, I videoed myself at the beginning of turkey season calling because this was my first season to be solo turkey hunting and I had never called before decently. Um, and so to video myself doing that, I was able to go, okay, I need to work a little bit more on this. That was good, but they need to flow better together. And so it was, it's kind of like, I mean, if you, if you're in any kind of sport going back and looking at the game footage and being able to see where mistakes were and how to grow on those, it makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. You get to see, oh, I a lot of people. Go ahead. Sorry, no, you continue. Um, it's it it's like you said, it's it's being able to see, well, okay, I need to move my camera placement this way. I need to um be able to zoom in better. Maybe my lighting needs to be worked on. It, those are the kind of things that you're also learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What were you about to say? Um, I get a lot of people commenting, um, you know, saying, oh, you should try this. You should do that. And I know that some people take it the wrong way and they think, you know, I know what I'm doing. I don't need this person's help. And I like when people do that because I, I am not an expert. Mm -hmm. I will admit that I don't always know what I'm doing. Um, you know, I try something, it doesn't work, then I'm open to suggestions to try something else. So I've had a lot of people commenting on my videos about how I should do something differently. Yeah. Which is great because there's just so much negativity out there. No, <laughs> it is. Don't do something. And it's all, right. it's all about how you present it, right? It's if you're offering yeah. conductive, like if you're, if you're trying to be constructive in the criticism, in a positive way, it is how you present it. It's, hey, this worked for me. I'd love to share it with you. Um, Yeah, exactly. And that makes (laughs) delivery of constructive criticism is key. (laughs) It's pivotal. Um, (laughs) 
that because you want people to know that you're not there to harshly criticize, it's to help, it's to help grow. And I want to pass on what I have learned. Um, but if I say it wrong, then it can come across as, as saying, well, you did that horrible and you should do it this way instead. That's, you know, it, it just depends on the delivery. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We can all do that a little bit better. I have to, I have to work yeah. on my delivery with my husband a lot, <laughs> and with my kids. Um, so yeah, that's. I think that. I think it's great to be able to be learning about that. I think that it's it's fun to be learning because you guys are prepping. Bear season's open, right? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, so. Y'all have been prepping for for bear season, and are you getting out soon for a bear hunt? Uh, I've been out a few times, but it got cold here, and then it snowed like mm-hmm. at the end of May mm-hmm. and or April. It is May. Yeah. I don't even know. In April, uh, so at the end of April, it uh, it it snowed and it got very cold, and even the beginning of May, and. Uh, it's been so windy here, and so I get out and I sit in the stand, and the wind is just howling, and it's it's frustrating. And I've had a bear on my camera twice now. I've moved it a little bit from where it was last year, but uh, I'm just I, I was getting a bear constantly on my camera last year, but it's just it's becoming very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna move my whole uh, my bait site this week, next week, and uh, try somewhere that's a little less busy mm-hmm. and hopefully have some better luck, but it's very frustrating. You put in all the work and you hike out into the bush and you get there and there's no action. Yeah. Well, and like it's- you said, the weather has been off. I mean, we had a freeze, a hard freeze. We didn't have snow, but we had a hard freeze in Tennessee a week and a half ago. We had about six inches of snow. Um, what is that? <laughs> what mm-hmm. is that? We're, we're like, it's, I've got my garden out. We usually have, you know, pools open down here at the beginning of yep. May and everybody's freezing. It's not, this is not how it's supposed to be. Um, no. So it's throwing, I feel like it's throwing wildlife off. Um, our turkeys shut up at like three weeks still into the season and they disappeared. Um, and our weather was just, like you said, really windy, cold, and wet. We just, it has been horrible weather for the past couple of weeks. And I think it throws all of the wildlife off. Um, throws yeah. them off their patterns, throws them off their routines, their everything. I think it completely throws them off. So hopefully you'll be able to find... <laughs> The spot where they are uh, congregating. So, (laughs) are you going for? It's it's very frustrating. What um what bear are you going for right now? Or do y'all only have? See, I don't know much Um, about bear up there. So we've got black bear in the eastern United States. We've got black and and grizzly in the western part. So I don't know. What have you got up in Canada? Um, so we have black bears and grizzly bears. Um, okay. We only have black bears here. Okay. Um, I'm in southern Ontario. Uh, we only have black bears here in Ontario. Okay. And yeah, out west, 
there are grizzly bears, but yeah, it's it's just black bears here. So okay, so it's you're pretty much straight above me and east, because um, Saskatchewan is straight above me. That's where I've got family, um, which I need to go visit them, and so we kind of follow the same with the grizzlies being out west. Um, but yeah, it'll be. I hope that you get one. My fingers are crossed. I'm going to be keeping up with too. you. I just bought I just bought a meat grinder yes. that will be here tomorrow and a sausage maker, and I really want to put them to use. Yeah, you're ready. You're prepared. All you need is the bear. <laughs> I know. I, I've skinned a bear, and I've gutted a bear, but I, I've never shot the bear. So okay. I'm hoping. It's your turn. my turn. Yes, it's your turn. I This was our first year to process venison all on our own. Um and it makes a huge difference. I think um, we've st- we're still learning the mixtures of you know adding fat and the different kinds of fat and making sausage and all of that. But to be able to do it on your own makes a huge it it takes it full circle to start to finish. Um, and we've really enjoyed our processor and all of that. It it's kind of like yes, finally we're able to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. My fingers are crossed for bear. I'm hoping for you. <laughs> but in between bear, will you be able to get out and go fishing? And um, is there anything else that goes on right now? We've got, I think, okay, squirrel opened up two weeks ago. So we've got squirrel going on right now. Squirrel closed for us, I think, New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. Maybe. So we have turkey and bear open right now. Turkey... Okay. I can't remember when that closes. I want to say maybe June 1st. Mm-hmm. And Bear closes May 15th. Okay. Mar- uh, sorry, June 15th. June 15th. June 15th. I was like, girl, you're done. You're done. May 15th. It's- yeah, no, June 15th. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're all stuck in a forever oh. cycle. Um, oh, my gosh. But you don't – It's y'all are kind of down to the last month. So you've got to get going. I know. Um, and I hopefully, do you know, I didn't see one male turkey. Not one. I had a hen come I've across. I've been watching a few. I had a hen come across and you better believe it that I got my binos out and I was looking for a beard. <laughs> because <laughs> if it had, had a beard, it was going down. Um, it, it was a very weird season this year. We... Here in Tennessee, it I think we had almost 10,000 turkeys more taken this season than last season, than last year. Wow. Because everybody's home. And, oh, yeah. And they're like, hey, let's go turkey hunting. Hey, we've got nothing else to do. Let's go turkey hunting. So everybody and their mother was out turkey hunting. Um, so it is, it's been a different kind of season this year. Um I'll be glad. Hopefully next year it'll be different. But um, yeah, for sure. Yes. Okay. I want to touch on something really quick, and I didn't bring this up to you before, and so I don't know how it's going to go. But um, it has been all over the news about the gun laws in Canada. Um, oh, I know it's a mess. We have all, all of us down here like, oh no. Um, because it seems to be a very 
it seems to be a pretty scary precedent being set. And I don't know how that's affecting you guys. Um, so right now, I'm not affected by it at all. Okay, good. I don't have any of the guns. They, they put out a list of 1,500 guns yeah. that were on that list. And it's mostly, I think, I went through the list to see if I had any, and I don't. Um, but I think it's mostly automatic rifles. And um, just a lot of them are guns that people have on display in their homes. Right. And they don't even necessarily use them. And I think that's what gets a lot of people so angry is that they're, you know, it's a gun that they've, they've, it's been passed down from family mm-hmm. member to family member and it hangs on their wall or sits in their gun cabinet and they look at it Yeah. and now they're going to lose it. So I know for a long time now they've been talking about the uh, semi-automatic shotguns mm-hmm. and there was some, uh, something, apparently there were some guns added to the list and, uh, I think it was 10 and 12 gauge or 12 and 20 gauge hmm. um, guns were added to the list. But then the government put out a notice saying it was untrue or, you know, something like that. But um, it's, they, there's been talks about banning all semi-automatic guns. And I, I, I don't think they've done that yet. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, there's a lot up in the air yeah 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 people do stupid things and and i mean you can't um you can't blame innocent people who haven't done anything wrong yeah i mean there are people out there who are told not to come up to their cottages because of this covid thing and they're coming up and potentially bringing a virus that kills people and they think there's nothing wrong with that but they want a gun that sits in a gun cabinet to be banned. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. And there's, I mean, there's the argument all day long. It's, it's a piece of equipment. It's a piece of equipment that whether you use it to hunt or you use it for sport, um, it's a piece of equipment that can't do anything without a person choosing to use it in that capacity. And most exactly. people aren't going to use it in the way that they are fearing. Um, it, most good people, um, it's the people who are using it in a negative way aren't getting those guns lawfully anyway. So how is a yeah, law exactly. banning them going to keep it from happening? Is oh, the web, the web of, um, uncertainty and, um, it's just a little bit scary. I think, I think the precedent is scarier than the actual action because it will just make it easier later on for more to be added. Well, we added these. Well, why can't we add these? Um, and I think that is the fear is how far is it going to go? Is it going to I mean, go? I, I, go ahead. You just, you take these people's guns away and somebody else goes out and does something stupid. And then what are people going to, oh, you know, he probably didn't own that gun legally. It, no. it, nothing's changed. Right. Uh, you, you can't get that through to people. I know. <laughs> because, I know. They don't, they don't get it. No, no. And you're taking history away. You're taking, I don't know. There's, 
there are probably a whole lot more arguments that that can be fought into this. Um, but it is it's a scary time for for Canada because of the choices that don't really have any justification to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest part of it. Ugh, I'm I'm sorry for y'all. <laughs> I don't. I really hope that we never get there because they keep they keep talking about it here and they keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and um and I really fear that if it did happen that war would break out and we don't want that. That's that's the last thing that we want. So I don't know. I think people just need to educate themselves too. You know, I mean, there are people out there who think that anybody who hunts is a poacher. They don't understand the, you know, the conservation and the licensing and all this stuff. They don't, they don't get that. They just think anybody with a gun shooting an animal is a poacher. Right. You know, and I've been in the middle of many heated arguments over this topic, but Mm -hmm. people just need to educate themselves. Yeah. And that's, I mean, hear what they want to hear and. Like you said, it is the same across the board. One bad egg makes it bad and hard for everybody. They, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain that we are against those kind of people. We are against poachers. We are against people who are unethical in their choices when hunting and harvesting. And, um, mm-hmm. and it, it goes back to your presence and, uh, and like you said in the beginning, the choice that you make in taking a shot, well, I'm not going to take this shot because I do not know if it is going to be the best shot or even a legal shot. So I'm not going to take it. That's how most hunters hunt. Um, but then you hear about that one person <laughs> who screws it up because they illegally did everything and they weren't even, they didn't even have a hunting license. They didn't, mm-hmm. um, we had two elk taken here in Tennessee. Um, there was a, hold on. There was a cow elk taken in Tennessee. And I think there were two bulls taken in Kentucky, um, illegally, and they shot the ones he the one here in Tennessee. They shot on on wildlife management property, so government, like state property, hunting property, and left it. It had a collar on it, so it was being monitored because we're trying to bring elk back into the into the state. And so, mm-hmm. not only did they shoot it illegally, the guy was found out he didn't have a hunting license. He actually should not have had access to the guns that he had because they weren't his. Um, And he shot an elk with a monitor on, with a collar on, and then just left it to waste. And that, of course, you hear that story more than the hunter in West Tennessee who lost all of his venison due to CWD and the food, like the the food processor, the meat processor who had leftover meat said, hey, I heard you lost your, your whole freezer. We have clean venison. Why don't you come down and take it? I mean, that's, 
why can't we why can't we lead with the yeah. good story <laughs> like this I know <laughs> it's it's good to get information out there um but it's like we need to hear more about the stories of hunters supporting other hunters and and yeah. setting good examples and being mentors and growing our community in a great way and it's like come on push the good stuff too push the yeah let's absolutely. let's hear how people are supporting each other and how hunters are supporting non-hunters right now with food if they need it um mm-hmm. and i think that that's just something that we need to come back to a little bit is some just good old fashioned um uh, support and i think that that's kind of what what your group is doing, um, the Canadian Huntress, because you're supporting the women in your community and in the surrounding communities who want to hunt and want to be involved in groups. And getting this on TV will also help push that more. And it shows the good. It shows the positive and the support. And I think that's that's really great. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be exciting, and I'm I'm so glad Dana gave me this opportunity to be part of this. Yes, man, I had not. I'm still I'm still stewing on the skin influencer um, that you said oh, I earlier. Laugh when I heard that, I'd never heard of that before. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, also, you posted on Instagram one day um, that you always find the dear parts. <laughs> When you're when you're shed hunting, you're great at finding the deer parts. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I find spines yes. and legs. <laughs> I cannot find antlers for the life of me, but you put me no. in the woods and I will find I will find the legs, I will find teeth, I will find whatever else. I will find it. Just not antlers. I don't even have to be looking. I can just be driving down the road and say, Oh, what's that on the side of the road? And I the perfect <laughs> spinal column from something. Yeah. We found we find a lot in the woods over here. We found a cow skull one time. Oh, um wow. and they're huge. They my daughter held it up and it it was huge. She's not very big. And so she's holding this big, huge cow skull and it, you can't barely see her, um, (laughs) in the picture, but we find, um, coyote, possum, um, raccoon. I mean, we have found, we have found a lot, um, but no antlers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I read that on your page and went, "Mm mm-hmm. Yep. I can relate to that. I can feel that. Oh, yeah. I, I never see wildlife when I'm out outside. <laughs> I know, I'm not even roadkill. <laughs> like I'm so it's such bad luck. <laughs> they know I'm coming and they leave. I, if I could claim a turkey this year, I would claim the the one that got hit by the car in front of me, and they drove off, and I came up and and checked and it was it was dead and I went and told like the property owner that was there and I was ready I was ready late I was ready to put it in the car I saw it happen it was fresh not a whole lot of damage I was going to take it and the property owner said oh I'll handle that and I went oh man (laughs) I'll take roadkill (laughs) I had a I gross hunted quite a bit this fall last fall and 
on the very last day of gross season it was december 31st i was driving to work and i smoked one with my car <laughs> and i picked it up i took it back home and i cleaned it and it was the only gross i got all year <laughs> it, was hit with my car. it counts it counts yeah Yep. Oh, that's <laughs> man. I I wish I could have taken that turkey. I would have. Oh. It wasn't turkey season yet, so I would have had to call TWRA and and you know send pictures. They're really good about things like that. If you find a deer on the they side of the too. road, they're really good because then they don't have to handle it. They don't have to take care of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I would have taken that turkey home. He had the longest <laughs> beard. I mean, he was a beautiful oh. bird. But, um, and then last, when was it? It was not deer season yet, so it had to have been at the beginning of September. And there was a a doe that was hurt. And I get, I always get the phone calls. Hey, um, Amy, there's a, there's a hurt deer. Can you come take care of it? <laughs> I'm like, well, I, you know, you've got to tell me a little bit more. There have to be. There are parameters <laughs> about it, of course. When you call the game warden and they're still alive, you have to – it has to be a point of no return, right? Um, it's a it's a mercy um, kill. And at that point in time, the doe was not in a place that they could tell – was um was it a spot where we could do that well the next day she had passed away so they said so amy this deer is dead and it's in the front flower bed and we don't know what to do with it (laughs) can you come help (laughs) so (laughs) i get out there and i thought well it hasn't been that long we can check on things and maybe this, maybe something good can still come of this, you know, um, maybe things can be harvested. Maybe there's, because they were there, they saw when this happened. And of course I get there and a coyote had gotten it. It was, it was definite that not only was her leg hurt, but her hind quarter had been mutilated and, she probably died of sepsis or whatever um, other infection had set in. And so there was nothing that could be saved. But um, I was this disposal, <laughs> disposal. But I still had to call TWRA and say, hey, there's there's a dead deer. I just needed to let you know before I remove it from the place where it is. Um, but see, those are the things – those are still, it's still following law. It's still following the rules. It's still, um, I don't, there's, there are a lot of people right now talking about how we have the ability to hunt. We have the ability to get out there. Let's go do it. And they've had no training. They've had no schooling. They've not been to hunter safety. They have no license. They have no clue. And, I think that we as hunters could look on that and say, man, no, that's not how you do it. Or no, we don't need all these people coming in and do, or we can look at it as opportunity to grow our community and to build a great community of hunters who are doing it the right way. So, um, I don't know. We've got, I've had people who have said, Hey, how do I get started? I said, you get started online. 
go read all the rules, go do the hunter safety courses that are online. They make so many things available to you. Learn your weapon of choice, learn where you can hunt and get started. Um, I think there's a lot of good that can come from this if we look at it in a positive light, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's- oh, it was I. I can remember my my husband did his um, gun his hunting and gun license when he was like twelve. I think that's the age here you have yeah. to be. So he did it all back then. And when he turned eighteen, he couldn't submit his stuff for his gun because um, the guy the guy had signed something wrong. So um, he he redid the course with when I did it. I did the gun course before about eight months before I did my hunting license. Mm-hmm. And so he did it with me to, you know, cause he, he said it's been like 20 years. So I kind of want to like, you know, refresh my memory. Yeah. yeah. Do it again. So we both did it. And I can remember being so frustrated <laughs> loading those guns and I couldn't remember what they were called. And to look back and that was only just over three years ago now, like I, I go hunting by myself. I'm comfortable. And it, I just can't believe how I was, I was afraid to use a 22 by myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, just looking back, but I remember thinking this is, I was so frustrated. Yeah. And yep. I, I wanted to be like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm going to fail. I can't do it. It's over. But yeah, it's uh I think it's because it, it looks somewhere. it looks overwhelming. It seems overwhelming. It seems intimidating and overwhelming. And then you add the part where if you're using a a gun or a bow or something that could actually hurt somebody, not just harvest something, but hurt somebody, there's that added level of stress when you're first getting into it, right? Yeah. It can, it's all intimidation. Yeah. And truly, 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 the only way to get past that is practice. It's it's yeah. getting out there and doing it, whether you're on the range, whether you are getting out and hiking and 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 battling those fears and the stressors that come with it in the beginning. Um, it's just repetition. It's, um, I was so uncomfortable, not with the idea of a pistol or a firearm, but the idea of me handling it until, um, until we got out there. And that was now 10 years ago, but it, it was, constantly having my hands on it, using it. Um, And like your husband did, going back through something, if you feel like you need a refresher course. Um, Mm -hmm. We did hunter safety, or I did, my husband did hunter safety decades ago. Um, I did hunter safety six years ago, and then my kids did it this year. And going back through it and sitting through it with them, even six years later, I was still learning things. And so I, I don't think you can ever have too much instruction on that. Um, no. No, not at all. I agree. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, groups like Canadian Huntress, like any of the other groups out there should be supporting each other because we all have, we all have the same goal in mind. Um growing our community safely. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's what it's all about. 
It's I've seen it over and over and over. Don't um, we shouldn't put each each other down. We shouldn't see each other as competition. We should see each other as partners, as you know, part of a team, um, and we should lift each other up. So um, I'm lifting you guys up. I'm excited. I'm. I can't wait to see what spring 2021 has in store for you guys. Um, I know it's so far away. It's so far away, but you guys will be, um, you'll be recording stuff from now until then. Like it's, um, all of it's just now beginning and I'm excited for y'all. Yeah. I'm just glad you got to talk yeah, about it. Excited. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping that kind of secret is hard when you're excited about it. Yeah, and and I mean, I don't like um, I don't like drawing attention to myself. So uh-huh. it was, uh, you know, putting it out there and um, was kind of I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's new. I don't I don't I don't know the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. It's new. <laughs> yeah, and anything was, new uh, can was, feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, it'll be exciting. Okay. Well, we live in a small town too where I know a lot of people, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that there comes also a, a sense of, I think people that know us the best, um, can sometimes see a new venture or something that you are passionate about now as, um, I don't know how to put that. That's so my husband's been hunting his entire life. I have not. And I feel like there's still people that know me well who see Chip as a hunter and as me just as part of the experience. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. we're pretty equal at this point to where he asks me for advice and I ask him for advice. Um, but from the outer edge, just surrounding us with people who know us, they still look at me as um, an accessory. Like I'm just a part of it. And it has not, I don't think it has anything to do with me being a woman right now. I think it has everything to do with the years of experience. Um, And I think that that's starting to change, but it's the people closest to us that have sometimes a hard time getting past that. People who are out that don't know you, it, they can see you hunting. They can see your harvest. They can see that you're not BSing about it, that you're you're being true and sincere and transparent, and they count you as a hunter. It's easier for strangers to see you like that. So I can see being a part of a small town. It's just a little – it's throwing it out there. Like, this is what I'm doing. And you have to be prepared for the, well, why? Why are you doing it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So you have to know that answer. What would your answer be? What is your why of why yeah. you hunt? I'll put you on the spot. This will be the last question. Why do I, you hunt, Lee? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I've, I mean, other than the geese, I've never, and squirrels, I've never, um, I have yet to harvest a big game animal. And yeah. I'm very open about that. I don't ever lie and try to pretend like I have. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people tell me I'm not really a hunter because I haven't harvested a big game That's animal. That's crap. Yeah. Um, even with fishing, and I, I, I just like the idea of being able to 
fill the freezer mm-hmm. and not have to go and buy this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, like we have some, I have some free, some grouse in the freezer and, and chicken can be very expensive. Like yeah. Gross tastes like chicken. So, um, you know, gross that my husband shot, but, um, you know, it's, it's stuff that you don't have to, um, go out and buy. Mm-hmm. Being no, able, and, being and I, able to say that you can do it if you were put into a situation where that's all you had, um, there's a comfort in that. Um, but also just being able to get out there and do it. There's a um, there's a therapy in it, just getting out in the woods and and being a part of something that not a huge percentage of people do. Um, I don't. There's. I think that. I think that our reasons of doing it change over time. I know mine have. And I think that as you grow, that reason can either get deeper into the reason that you started in the first place or it evolves into something bigger and better. And so um, I think it's always changing. I think it it has the ability to change. It's just what you um, what you take it for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm excited. Thank you for being on here. Um, Thank I, you. We're gonna. I'm gonna be following you for Bear. Um, I'm gonna be following you for the show. Your YouTube page is LR Outdoors. Um, Instagram is the same. But tell us, are what are the other ways that people can follow you? Um. I'm on Twitter. Same thing. Okay. Facebook, I try not to use so much. There's just so much negativity. There is. Um, but you can also follow um, all of our stuff. Man, Canadian Huntress. Mm-hmm. You've uh, got blogs and page. everything so, there. Yeah. There's a blog. Yeah, yeah it's new. Um, it's there's not much posted right now, but but Dana keeps everybody up to date um, with everything at uh, Canadian Huntress Instagram okay. too. So awesome. Um, yeah, to follow the show, follow yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will do it. And thank you, Lee, so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Go follow Lee on LR Outdoors on Instagram and YouTube, Canadian Huntress online. Um, And let's keep in touch with her as they are filming and getting ready for this show to come out on Wild TV, Canada Hunts.